0: Hello, everybody. We are drawing near here on Ignite Radio Live.
1: You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and. Drum roll, please.
0: I don't have drum cue.
1: Well, you should.
0: Sound effects. Another Schleter. drums happening in the
1: background right of now. Of days gone by. Yes. Way back when. Over how
0: many stations and what kind of stations are they? We're here over the
2: 5 mighty stations at Annunciation Radio.
1: For the Almighty.
2: For the Almighty. The mighty mighty for the Almighty. Thank you for filling in there, Joseph. Which uh, I'm sure—that's my name.
1: In case uh, I
0: don't know, I am Joseph. A little bit of a battle over that name, which we'll experience with great delight and amusement. Or Seth, or uh,
1: Joseph. So, folks, very
0: blessed that you are with us in this program, igniteradio.live.com. If you want to experience many of the powerful programs over the prior weeks, and I can even say years—it's in our fifth year. That's right, of ignite radio live. And uh, you heard that opening song, which sort of set the stage for this week. We draw near to the throne room singing. powerful and uh, what's particularly maybe moving is that it was given in the Holy Spirit to our son here Joseph he is a musician worship leader if you've been uh, attuned to this Ignite Read Alive experience over the past five years you've had moments of uh, journeying with Joseph and he's um, a leader down at Damascus we're going to hear a little bit about that through the next hour and what makes this maybe particularly moving is that it was faith in the wilderness all of us that theme I think might even punctuate tonight in this COVID experience and the racial challenges in this deleterious political landscape that you, that we're all experiencing. Let's just give that a word, wilderness. And uh, we're invited in the midst of the wilderness to discover Christ more fully alive, our nature in him, to rediscover the Holy Spirit dwelling with us, to really discover that faith and proclaim that faith all the more brightly, which Joseph will share briefly how that played out at this place called damascus the catholic youth summer camps and you look like you're perched and ready <laughs> stephanie to dive in and add go well, ahead
1: great word but what was that word you said deleterious, deleterious is that any relation negative to nick deleterious oh
0: wow i would never make that con- Nick? i love you <laughs> I man mean, i don't know I why made, she had that i made connection. the verbal connection but not the meaning connection okay, what does that so, mean deleterious negative
1: Oh, so I take yeah, that so back, absolutely. Nick. We love we you, love Nick. love you, Absolutely.
0: Good. So <laughs> no,
1: no, wait. Yes. Okay. Deleterious, because our listeners would want to be educated on that. Wonderful. Gotcha.
0: Now we're on that. Now we know. Exactly. School
1: has started. Okay.
0: Not all of us went to college. <laughs> so, oh. Joseph, um, we're going to punctuate where we're at this moment and then go back. Folks, we're in August of 2020, and mm-hmm. uh, a lot has happened up to this point in the world around us, and I do mean not only the world and the United States, but in our immediate community. Let's just keep it real. We've all been challenged in many, many ways uh, to really discover the quality and nature of our faith by these challenges. And Joseph, in this present moment, just give us a, describe Joseph, who you are and what you're doing in this moment in time, besides sitting on a stool and wonderful. Well, I
2: am Joseph Schleter. I am the oldest son of these two. For those who don't know me, And um, I recently just finished that two years as serving as a missionary at Damascus Catholic Mission Campus, which is in Centenburg, Ohio, where we um, serve the youth there in in a really particular way. Awakening, equipping them for um, just to live the adventure of the faith um, is what we're all about. That's where I've been the last two years serving as a missionary. And um, upon finishing my two missionary years, I was offered a um, a brand new position uh, as worship coordinator with Damascus Catholic Mission Campus, where I have the awesome ability to raise up other worship leaders and train them awesome. um, and to um, really pioneer what is known as Damascus Worship. That's mm-hmm. our our worship collective um, and uh, the first of its kind for the Catholic Church, which is really exciting Very to cool.
0: be, um, be a part of that. So Joseph has been familiar with Bethel, Hillsong, Elevation, Upper Room. These are all names of really amazing worship leading groups, I guess you might say, has always been formed and plugged into that, listening as a child and introducing a lot of that to us. And in our home, we've always had guitars around the house and, of course, the piano and things. And he just picked it up and from early on just was uh, really into music and leading praise and worship prior to CYC and all that before we go back though i just let's just uh, give some um context of that opening song what was the inspiration of this song <laughs> we draw on here tell us a little bit of how, how did it come about it's funny i mean every
2: single song just has its own unique story and that is probably my favorite one because that song was written in 30 minutes um out of the blue we were um i had just written a song that that morning um called champion which is also on uh the new damascus album um written champion. And then we had formation the night. So we have, uh, this was during the summer. So during the summer, we were running CYSC. And last year we had about 180 missionaries. And every Saturday night we joined together for formation where there's worship and there's a talk and there's small group processing time and whatever. So before formation, I was planning on playing um, this, this song I ran that morning called Champion. So I was showing it to our bassist and our electric guitarist so they could be kind of on the, like, understand where we were going and play along with it. So showed it to them. We finished it. It was great. And we had probably about an extra 30 minutes. And I kind of jokingly said, what if we just, like, write another song right now, guys? <laughs> and they're like, you're
0: ridiculous. <laughs> like,
2: God totally doing it as a joke. And I was like, no, like, for real. I'm like, Adam, he's our guitarist. I'm like, I'm like, just. Play something cool and uh, play something cool. He's like, he's like What do you? He's like, You're such a weird What, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, I, I at least need chords or something. So, I start playing chords. And the only instruction I gave him, I was like, I want like when people hear this opening riff to know exactly what the song is and get fired up about it. But mm. like, you know, like people hear reckless love, do, 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 and they immediately and they know it's yeah. reckless love, and like, right? I'm like, I want something like that. And so, he's like, Okay, so I start playing these chords. And he comes up right there with, uh, you can hear in the songs like, Doon, de-doon, 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 de-doon. it's like super fun and catchy. And um, and we started playing. And I would literally just sing whatever came to mind, wrote it down, sing, wrote it down, sing, wrote it down. Within 30 minutes, we had the song written and we played it that night. I haven't made a change to it since. It was literally written in 30 minutes. We played the song. Lyrics,
0: everything. Lyrics, everything. It's amazing.
2: Verses, chorus, bridge. It was so fun. And we did it. And then mm. now it was really funny this summer. Cause like now that like people know it through the album and stuff, like we would we would, we would play a song. We played it for every opening or for closing mass. So mm-hmm. during the closing mass for the weekend at CYC, um Catholic Youth Summer Camp, um, we have a closing mass, and we'd always for the opening song we play that one. And as soon as Adam starts playing that thing, as everyone just start, everyone just starts like yeah, like, yeah it was like oh go off. We're like let's go. We're just like just like awesome. it was just so funny to kind of see like whatever. Um, but even beyond that, just to see how really there's a, there's a really cool anointing on it just for like celebrating the Lord. Hmm. Like, mm-hmm. um, It's amazing just to see it in like a live setting um, and playing it. And there's this, just this joyful, there's just this, this, this joyful spirit that mm. immediately enters the room where people just get excited mm. to celebrate the Lord and what he's doing. I love that. Which is that. really cool.
0: Folks, you're tuning into to Ignite Radio Live. We're listening to the song We Draw Near by Damascus Worship. You can listen to it wherever good music can be heard. <laughs> Spotify, YouTube, most of you have access to that. Just look up Damascus Worship. We're back with you, Greg and Stephanie Schleter, with our beloved guest, our eldest son, Joseph Mm -hmm. Schleter, with this... Okay, Steph... Also, it's got the hand Seth, up. Seth oh. oh. What was the hand up for? <laughs>
1: no, that's just to give you a little cue that I want to say something. Oh, beautiful. So, but you were doing because great. I didn't I'm interrupt.
0: You, I love it when you do okay, that. Okay,
2: fun story, Seth. If you if you look up S-E-P-H on Google, on space, my name's the first one that comes up.
1: Oh, I wonder why. Very cool. Brilliant yeah,
2: marketing. No, it's not even just for me. Other
1: people have tried it out, like, don't even know me. No, I believe you, but how <laughs> often brilliant marketing. I have been told... that (laughs) people think I'm sending them stuff or singing songs or doing whatever because they think it's from Staffschleter. And I just joke with Joseph that he... I know he was trying to honor me, but he forgot the T in his yeah, name. No, funny. what I wanted to say. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, see, see what I deal with people. Um, You're sweet. The the what advice to parents? Parental moment here. <laughs> where is this coming from? <laughs> you should be more. Make your children sign a contract. <laughs>
0: Don't use the name. They're baptized. More name.
1: afraid of where it's going. No, so <laughs> obviously the Lord anointed that song, and it. It's beautifully spirit-filled and spirit-led. But I just want to throw out this parental challenge for Mm. you can do a lot in 30 minutes, people. Mm. So if you remember growing up, Joseph, when we had a little bit of time... I tried to be like, okay, we have 20 minutes, or we have this much time, you know, go straighten that up, or you can get a lot done in 30 minutes.
2: Sure, we wrote a song.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna, you know, I'm just throwing out there. Might take a little bit of credit for just how the Lord can work in 30 minutes because you were trained in that way. Because
0: you drew near, Joseph, to mom's wisdom that's and insight. Right. Now, no, that's really, to really good. It's really it on. A shout-out to our boy, Joe Domkowski, a, child, <clears throat> a childhood friend of Joseph and John Paul's growing up. And I, I really loved Joe. He was on our soccer team. He brought a lot of joy and uh, friendship. And he was really, in at the time, to the prominent video game guitar hero. And um, I'd ask him, say, Joe, how much time do you spend on this? And, you know, he kind of calculated it up. And I want to say... in the year total was hundreds of hours he'd spend on that. And again, parents who are listening right now, this is not a judgment. You know, there, there's good value to these sorts of things in in um, in measure, if you will. But, uh, you know, I said, Joe, man, if you spent the same amount of time, you could actually learn how to play a guitar. Well, I think it's funny even just, this is definitely a tangent,
2: but those are fun. So, well, <laughs> yes, I was, I was amazed the other day, like, how how often over the last couple of years we've heard, oh, I would do this, 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 if only I had the time. Mm, the yeah. time, And also we entered into a season where everyone had way more time mm. than they knew what to do with. COVID quarantine. And nothing. Like people are, oh, I, I would work out if only I had the time. And then mm. they have time to work out, and then instead everyone like talks about how much weight they've gained over COVID, right? Like, right. Or like, oh, I like, I wish I, if I could have like played a guitar or this. And then you have the time for it, but nothing happens. It's amazing what excuses we come up with.
0: So Joseph, you're 20 years old. You're going into your third year. Uh, as an employee, I guess, of Damascus. Yep. Let's back up three, four years, and we're going to be candid in a good way. Of course, in our Schleder home, we are far from perfect, but we've always wanted to uh, consider who has God made me to be in relationship with him. Of course, number one, great intimacy, but flowing from that is discovering our gifts and living them out. And let's just be honest, let's go back to your senior year. You had a full scholarship to a college, and we had, you know, we very excited about that possibility. In fact, uh, you're prospective roommate. We kid is now going to be your brother-in-law. So shout out to Colin. That's just true. Yeah, it is true. It's awesome. So Colin chose you actually. You were Colin's first friend, first roommate before Annie, which, uh, (laughs) I broke up with him first. That's funny. So very, very fun story. And, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge for mom and I to think, man, here's a significant opportunity when many are struggling to, to find the money to go to a good school and you got a full scholarship to a good school. So just let's begin there a little bit, Joseph, because I think, you know, now punctual, waiting for mom and I, we see uh, that season of growth over the last three years. We certainly have continued questioning. We've, we've continued as parents ought to, to sort of ask hard questions, to consider things. You have followed, if you will, a line uh, of the Holy Spirit attuned to your heart in a way that you couldn't have known necessarily three years ago. So take us back three years ago, maybe, and trace for us the movement and dis- maybe the discernment factor of the Holy Spirit up to this present moment. Story time. Here we go. And mom will interject. You know that, but we're fine. Pass the
2: wine. I'm expecting (laughs) scotch. We're going scotch. scotch. I'm only 20 years old. I can't have that. Anyway, we. uh, Yeah, I was set to go to Ave. Um, I felt kind of led in that direction, and. That happened right before Lent, right as Lent kind of started that year. Mm. And during, yes, Lent, <laughs> <laughs> during Lent... it did. During Lent, it was one of the best Lents I'd had. Um, I, it was the worst one for my mother because that was a Lent that I decided to go vegan and have one meal a day. <laughs> and so that made it very difficult for my mom. So she already was... That was the best Lent for her then too because she grew in a lot of fullness and you. sacrificial love.
1: Appreciate that.
2: Um And I think during that time, I just had a lot of really good prayer. And I just began to realize how much I just began to really discover my own heart and just all the ways that I um, still was so far from the Lord and just wasn't like, yeah, I was like praying every day and I was, you know, going to mass and I was living a faithful life and staying away from sin. But there was just like the, my heart was still so, um, I just knew there was, there's deeper levels of intimacy with the Lord that he was calling me to that like I just feel like I was getting in the way of. Mm-hmm. And I just knew I needed to grow so much. Um, and it kind of became, as, as things went on, it became clear to me, I just wasn't content. I felt like I just wasn't going to grow in that way at Ave Maria, mm-hmm. that I wasn't going to have, I wasn't going to be challenged in that way. I wasn't going to be pushed on in that way or called on to like greater heights in there. I was already like coming in. A lot of people knew me and were excited for me to come and kind of like as a celebrity in a sense. Um, cause you're Annie's little brother. Well, I think Annie
0: even got called (laughs) my older sister
2: even before I even came.
0: Um, we'll have her on the interview following this. And, um, I
2: just knew it'd be easy for me. I wasn't even going there for the school factor much to your guys' chagrin. Um, it wasn't like, for me, it was like a ministry opportunity because I knew I wanted to serve the Lord and I knew college was just an amazing grounds for that. And so I wanted to run events there and do worship there and like have like, men's groups there and like do all these different things. And it would have been really easy for me to do. It would have been super simple in the sense of like, I know how to do this. I can do it. I have a free reign to do it. Over that land, I just realized, I mean, there's still so much more that I have to grow in. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was actually kind of reminding me of a, a story that um, there's a non-denominational Protestant pastor in California and he works with Bethel Church. And he had the offer, he was working under someone in Bethel um for a while and he had a, an amazing offer from this big church couple hours away in california um and he was really like considering taking this offer like he would have had the freedom to do everything he wanted all these amazing things um and he just felt the lord calling him just to stay and to serve at mm-hmm. bethel even though he wasn't in the top he at that point wasn't like the top position didn't whatever and in this other place he could have run everything um but he just felt called to stay and serve um and the, the lord like spoke to him in a dream telling him like about how yeah you can go there and you'll like have this mm-hmm. impact. But if you stay here and he was like showing them all these like nations that are gonna be impacted by it. Um, and that's just like what I felt with like Damascus and Ave. Like I could go to Ave, I could do some cool things, have a good time, you know, still bring a lot of people closer to Christ, which would have been great. Um or I could go to Damascus and really learn like how what it means to die to myself there. Um, what it really means to just like to die. <laughs> and and through that the Lord is going to be able to work with me in a much greater capacity that the monument of my life would be bigger because I would have a deeper foundation.
0: That's awesome. Three years ago, of course, just for our listeners, you were leading uh, something called Lid on almost a weekly basis mm-hmm. in our home, sometimes up to 60 kids. It was very evangelical and relational and communal. People can see video of some of that wonderful experience with your brother John Paul and many leaders. So you, something took hold of you. You probably wouldn't disagree that God does call people of a similar heart to go to colleges and do that. But sure. there was a facet. A facet, a a Joseph named, a Joseph Schleter named facet that God revealed himself to you through that Lenten season in all of these considerations that really invited you not just to lay something down, think of St. Francis, really, he, he laid down some really good things, but it was the attraction. It was the draw to something that uh, you felt the Holy Spirit, like I heard you use the phrase often, like people that can run with you or that will that will lead maybe in the running, that will set an altitude for you that that you aspire to have, right. that you weren't necessarily sure you would get at a college campus. Right. But and let me weave into this also, the fact that there's, there's the musical worship thing that you're in now. Um, you weren't exactly playing worship or going into the season thinking you were going to be leading worship at Damascus or I knew three I would, years ago.
2: Well, I knew I would lead in, in some capacities. I also knew it would, it would alternate between me and others as well. So it wasn't like a steady thing that I knew was going to be there. And that's a big heart. And that's that's why I think, you know, the Lord calls everyone to their own thing. For me, even at that point, I knew ministry and like worship were a big call that I felt the Lord calling me to. Um, and that's exciting. Um, just we're like, just getting some live like our, sounds our phone here. Ringing is exciting. And so that's where I went and I, um, broke my mother's heart and, um, <laughs> went off to you. Centerburg, Ohio. And that year I just really learned what it meant to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I led, yeah, Me I led to,
0: <laughs> you didn't know so much. I recall you coming back and, and with delight, truthfully, that, um, you were being asked to do menial servant hearted things. There's so much joy
2: that comes when you just when you're not living for yourself, you know? It's so funny. I think the Lord is actually showing me this. Um, Imagine like if you had a friend and you bought them a phone Mm -hmm. and you bought them a phone, you give it to them for their birthday or whatever. Great. You gave it to them. He said, would you ever try to just take that phone back randomly and just use it for yourself? Mm -hmm. It's like, obviously not. Like that's Mm -hmm. stupid. That's uh, if I gave you a phone, I'm not going to take it. He's like, well, you do the same thing with your life so many times, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? We say that God, like you have my life. But like, hmm. then we try to take it and we try to do what we want with it. And we try to do this. So good. And, and that's just not the truth. That when we say like, God, like my life is yours, that means I'm going to do whatever you're calling me to do. If in that moment, it means scrubbing a toilet, then great. If in that moment, it means being on stage leading worship, then great. Awesome. But the best, I mean, the best worship leaders are the ones that can serve the most because you're not leading then from a place of, of like, being on stage and being like popular and whatever, like you're leading from that place of like being a servant. And, and that's what worship is. It's actually serving the people and inviting them in to encounter Jesus. And and there's so much joy that comes from that. I mean, you're running retreats Wednesday through Friday and then Friday through Sunday and then you're going to youth group Sunday night and then Monday you have formation all day (laughs) and then you have house dinner and then you have a few hours after that and then Tuesday you're doing outreach all day and then you have like the evening free and then you do it all over again starting Wednesday, you know? Not like a lot of time to yourself and you're constantly pouring out and you're constantly doing this and this and this, but there's so much joy that comes and you just die to yourself. Mm -hmm. That when you're on a retreat and you're doing four different things, you're running a small group and you're in the Mm -hmm. kitchen and you're Mm -hmm. on stage and you're in a skit and you're whatever, like... And you're stressed. You can't do anything except, like, rely on him. And there's so much joy in that. And that's why, like, I loved, I, like, would love coming home and doing dishes and folding laundry mm-hmm. and just doing things so like that.
1: Her. yes.
0: Mom loved that, too. <laughs> a little <laughs> bit of a surfacing there, I think. But you definitely had uh, ramped up your game, if you will, as a result of being at Damascus. You led when you came home in those servant ways, maybe even close to our surpassing Catherine, although that's, I don't know, that's a pretty high standard. But, well, I
2: mean, it was, it was just, like, we had, I lived in a house with, There were 13 of us, and we didn't. We had a um, dishwasher, but we refused to use it. Mm. We didn't use it once the whole year. I love that. So we just washed our dishes, and it's like great. Every time after. After um, supper was over, we would have a race to see who could get it because we're like, we want, we joke, we like, we want the oil like that, we like the anointing, the, like the anointing oil that comes from dying to yourself. That's like, beautiful. We're like, who wants the oil? Who wants the oil? And I like, was like fighting over it. And we like people would get like people would get banned from doing the dishes because they would just like get there first every time. Like, okay, we need someone else the chance to get to holiness. Like you know, <laughs> like but that was the culture that like I grew up in mm. or not. Well, yeah, you guys do that too, but that's what I had at Damascus of like we just wanted to serve and to die to ourselves. Mm. And that's what I experienced. Um, And I didn't even say like I I was, I was worried. I mean, I didn't really start writing until second half of that year. We just got back from this trip to Kansas city, going to this conference that I was really excited for. And Mm. the conference was a total flop, like Mm. biggest flop ever in the universe. And um, I was just exhausted and frustrated at that. And like the whole thing was just, I was just mad I just mm. felt it was funny because even the way there the Lord was just I was sure show, he showed me the image of um, the entrance into Jerusalem during like Palm Sunday and they're just like laying out their things. I'm like God I want to be like laid out before you like I want to be laid out just like they laid out these palms and these like cloaks like before you. And then um, I have this week and I just felt like I was just getting trampled on. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> He's like, this is what you asked for. Like right, you asked, right. like you, a- you, pray for. you asked, to, like be remade is one of the prayers I came into. I'm like, God, I just want you to remake me. He's like, I made you from the dust.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: and if you want to be remade, then you have to be like crushed up into dust again. Mm-hmm. to let me remake you. And during creation week, I just really felt that starting to happen. Um, and I wrote a song during there with a friend. But the biggest thing that happened was the Lord just started releasing like, just really heart, heartfelt, spontaneous worship. So we would do night vigils um, where during three hours of the night, I think I usually had like the two to five, which was like the worst because you go to bed at like
0: 12 mm-hmm. or whatever. And then just in that deep rim. Right. Sleep. And then five. And then you like it's like, do I even want to like, like, go to bed after right, that? Right. It's like,
2: right. In the, like 12 to three. It's like, okay, you stay up. And then you get a couple solid hours. You know, it's just funny. But we're, I'm just like worshiping and you're there for three hours. And I would just like, just, random spontaneous verses or choruses would just start coming. I really felt the Lord begin to like, really is where he, I feel like he unlocked that gift in me. Mm -hmm. And I felt I could see it was tied directly. Like everyone's like, that was amazing. That was me. I'm like, I don't think I'm doing that. It's just coming out of me. I felt it tied directly to like all these times that I've just been dying, you know? Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, we had our winter camp and I just really wanted to write a song. It was really put on my song heart to write a song for winter camp. So I sat down and I, um, I remember that. I wrote um, Firefall Heaven Rain, the first song that I released. Um, mm-hmm. I played it and I was Set like... Set really? that
0: up and we'll play it in a second.
2: Okay, well, I it, the, the theme that year was all about um, Elijah. And um, and so that's where, it's funny, that's just where the model, that's where like the song came from. So you have like firefall right Elijah called down fire but he also Mm. like called down the rain after the long drought you know so you have like that dynamic and you have like the nations that are calling for the storm like they're calling for like a rain you know Mm. hearts like you have all these Israelites people crying out for more like let your fire fall on us um he was like standing on the promise like all like the lyrics like tie back into that theme and and um and just that hunger and that like power that came um so I wrote that and it was like whoa I'm like I actually like like this <laughs> which isn't isn't always usual in a songwriting process Did you I, like your song I, I, I called Aaron our, our director I'm like hey I have something to show you so he came and he loved it and it ended up becoming like the the theme song of Winter Camp like we played it once and it just there was something on it like we couldn't get off of it we just had to keep like we just weren't able to stop the song because everyone just took over and it was a really cool moment even we played it for communion during the closing mass and we had stopped the song essentially and we were just playing we were, we were playing just the chords and at one point almost at the same time everyone in the room it was like silent for a while just like instrumental and then all of a sudden they just started picking the song right back up and started Mm, singing and singing it It was like this beautiful moment and um to our our nurse and then uh monica richards and his wife came up to me afterwards in the back and they were like we were literally just weeping like we were just in the back like weeping like this like you gave them a song to sing like you gave them like Mm. this song of their heart that they were able to just bring to the lord and it was just so cool. And that was like a really, um, really beautiful moment. And that really kind of jump-started um, the rest of songwriting in that moment, which awesome. is really fun.
3: Nations calling for your storm. Hearts are crying out for more Lady your fire. again, giving you this offering. Let your fire fall down on us. Cause we are desperate with one. We are rising like the dawn. Let your Let your fire fall Coming like a roaring lion We give you all control Flirt is
0: Wow, what an amazing song, so moving. I remember the first time that I heard it. I remember the stages of development, if you will, in the recording. God bless Nick. Fabulous job on production there, Nick De La Torre. Damascus is very evidently fully Catholic and uh, creates an atmosphere where they... While learning the faith, catechetically, yes, and it's solid, there's this dimension of encounter of God and the Holy Spirit and how critical that is. As we were talking through the duration of the song, um, just mindful of the need for us to be vulnerable as parents first and foremost, like we can't give what we don't have, that we parents need to open our hearts and our minds and have the, the the willingness to be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. So I want to ask you the question, what have you come to understand in this Catholic sense of baptism in the Holy Spirit? How What is it? How important is it? What has been your experience in seeing, seeing the kingdom manifest through Damascus and CYC? Sure. Um, Jesus
2: died to not just get us to heaven, but to bring the Holy Spirit into our lives. Mm. Like it's not so much about getting into heaven as it is about getting heaven into us, Mm. right? That like when he died, um, Jesus forgave sins while here on earth. And there was sins forgiven in the Old Testament, Mm. right? Like his death, yes, it was in part due to forgiveness of sins, but it was also to give us the Holy Spirit and to give us the inheritance, the treasures, the riches, the adoption of heaven. And the Holy Spirit, is, um, as it says in Ephesians, is like the first installment of that gift. Like that spirit is is there. And like he gives us this gift and it's so vitally important. Like if God gives you a gift, um, then it's actually our responsibility to steward it. If I was given a gift by someone who loved me um, and I completely just disregarded it, that's not actually loving them. Um, And so by receiving the Holy Spirit, actually um, like he's a person, he's a friend, like Mm -hmm. having a friendship with him, then that's actually like, that is honoring God. And that's what he wants. That when we ignore the Holy Spirit, we're not just ignoring some, um, outdated old kind of evangelism or some Protestant sort of thing that's new and in whatever, like that's actually, that's embracing God. You know, that's the Holy Spirit. We can't ignore one part of God because if we are ignoring all of him.
0: Describe what that looks like. Um, I think we, I appreciate that. Um, huge, and if nothing else, that again, folks who are listening, the fullness of the Catholic faith, orthodoxy, and the important understanding of this Holy Spirit. I encourage you to read Mary Healy's "Baptism in the Holy Spirit," or Peter Herbeck, Ralph Martin, some wonderful certainly encounter Patrick Rice and Father Matthias. There's a there's a new, I think, Pentecost. All is being poured out, but a new attunement to what this means. So on campus, if you will, there you have seen this manifest. Like you've seen good kids from good Catholic families um, do more than just get excited about a song. Uh, it's more than just an emotion or a feeling. That's part of it. And, and certainly for kids, we know that plays out. Describe for us though, I don't know, what does it look like as you see and lead in worship, uh, you know, people in a place of encounter of God and that distinctive quality of opening up to something substantial and permanent that is the Holy Spirit, particularly baptism in the Holy Spirit. Right.
2: I mean, so you look in the Acts of the Apostles and Paul came across people who were actually baptized in water, baptized in Jesus, but he Mm. asked if they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said, we're not. So he immediately baptized them in the Holy Spirit. It's that important to Mm. Paul that he like immediately took that opportunity. Mm. Um, Because the reality is Jesus says, um, those who believe these signs will accompany them. Mm. That should be our standard. If he Mm. said, if you believe these signs will accompany you, he was saying, he was was literally, he was putting the bar, uh, he was setting the bar where it's supposed to be that if you believe in me, this is actually what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And he started to lay out things. You will heal the sick and they will recover. Mm-hmm. You will cast out demons. You will do this, 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 and this, right? He didn't say like, you will run a church program and you'll have 40 people show up. He didn't say you will, um, you know, pray 10 rosaries a day and um, hope that one day you're going to get to heaven. Like, obviously those are great things, but these were actually, this was the bar that he was setting. and We've lowered the bar mm-hmm. to the point where actually you can live a life of faith and it not look any different like, there's no manifestation of difference between the rest of the world. Like I can pray mm. for something and pray for something mm. and actually never see if it's real or not. And like, it would look no different than if someone from the world was saying this, like saying, oh, I wish this will happen. I wish this will happen. Our prayers look like wishes, right? That we never actually know are going to come true or not. Paint but picture. the reality is like, but, but when Jesus talked about something and manifested. Mm-hmm. So when he talked about healing, it wasn't just a spiritual kind of thing that we'll see one day in heaven. He manifested it and we saw it right there. That he saw, we saw mm. people healed because he preached it and then he demonstrated it. And so, the kingdom without manifestations is actually not the fullness of the gospel, mm. right? And and signs in themselves are 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 that they're signs. It's not the end. A sign is meant to point you to something. If I saw mm. a sign to Disney World, I'm not going to stop them and be all right. We've arrived. Is it meant to point you to Disney World? That's right. what signs are: healings and prophecy and. Um, words of knowledge of like knowing things that there's no way you could have Mm -hmm. known except for the Holy spirit. That's not like the end in itself. Like we're not worshiping those things. It's actually pointing us deeper to the God because I've come across kids who you can preach at them for, for an hour a day for five days straight and nothing's going to change. You can Bring them to adoration, put them before the Lord. You can bring them to confession. You can bring them to sacraments. You can pray rosaries with them. You can have small group with them, and none of it's breaking through. But the moment that they have a broken bone and it gets healed, you can't deny that anymore.
0: So go off on that because I love this. Praise God. Just your proclamation is coming from a place of, 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 of recall, of actual experience. You know, if you will, truth is lifting up off the written word into lived kingdom reality that you and your team have embraced fully and are operating in that realm and going deeper in that realm. And I know you have books that chronicle this literally as things are happening, you're describing this. So just tell us, give us a testimony of what you're seeing happen there on campus and beyond the campus. This is, this just
2: happened like uh, last week. There was a girl who um, had an, uh, I think it was a volleyball injury years ago and her thumb uh, was literally like bent out of position and mm-hmm. like nothing they could do. Like her thumb was never able to be, go back to normal. And one of her cabin mates, it wasn't even a counselor. It wasn't even like this, like one of our staff members who have been like oh, trained this. in this. It was like literally someone who just felt called to pray for them because it's what Jesus told us to do. Mm-hmm. And prayed for her. And she was able to, both of her thumbs completely in alignment, was able to move them for the first time. And she was able to go on stage and testify. You know, and it shifted their whole small group. I've had small groups. I had one um, this last year where none of the kids were really into it. Um, but one of them had a fractured growth plate in his foot and had a boot on and had a crutch. And, um, the Lord started like doing some things that night, but they were still kind of uncertain. And they were wondering, well, how can can we actually ever know God's real or whatever? And I offered to pray for this kid. I had all of us pray over him and I just had them repeat after me. I'm like, guys, we're just going to pray in Jesus name, like be healed. And. Um, kid walks up and I told him I'm like listen you don't have like if nothing happened don't pretend that it happened like it's totally okay if it doesn't mm. and he gets up kind of like he's tested out starts jumping on it starts running on it pain's That's completely amazing. gone and Crazy it was God. amazing it was the coolest response I've ever seen all the kids immediately jump up and they just ran out of small small was almost over anyway but they literally <laughs> just ran inside and started telling everyone like, oh, Jesus so is awesome. real Jesus is like they knew Jesus oh, was real so awesome. like I can tell you all, all day about how real Jesus is or I can you know bring you as many times as you want to adoration. Again, these are beautiful things that are so important. But the reality is Jesus, this is how Jesus evangelized. This is like, and if he is perfect, if he's perfect, then we might want to take a note from his book and maybe try to imitate him a little bit. Like if this is how he he evangelized, mm-hmm. then that's what we should be doing. Um, and it wasn't just a Jesus thing. The apostles did it too. Mm-hmm. And he says, those who believe will do what I've done and even greater. Mm-hmm. You know? And mm. so they were just lit on fire and did the rest of the thing. And it was funny because the only people who didn't believe it and had a hard time comprehending it were the adult chaperones on that retreat. Interesting. Mm. It was mm. the adults who were like, oh, well, that doesn't, they were like totally trying to downplay. It. And this kid was so frustrated. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. Sixth grader. Oh, he's I'm like, do you plan. not understand? Like, I'm healed. Like, Jesus healed me. Mm. And like, yeah, well, you should still keep your boot on. You should still keep your cast on. And <laughs> you should still do this, because we actually don't know what happened and this. It was the adults. So often adults are so hard mm. of heart that, mm. like, when a miracle—we're always like, oh, it'd be cool to see a miracle. When what happens right in front of your face, mm. we try to disprove it by every means possible. Because what if it's real? Then that means God actually is moving and He's working. Mm. And it means that we're going to have to get a little uncomfortable.
0: Because awesome.
2: in order to pray with someone, it's actually putting yourself out and you're taking a risk because— you don't know what's gonna happen, right? If I tell someone, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray for your dad who has cancer. Again, that's a great thing. But if you're actually going to that dad and praying with him, you're putting yourself in line and saying, I believe in this so much that I'm willing, I'm willing to, to stake my, um, my pride or my dignity on like actually like that this can happen right here and now instead of just being, like offering up a vague prayer that nobody actually knows whether it would be answered or mm, not. Mm. You know, it's actually the gospel made real.
0: I'm so moved by by that. And folks, those of you who are listening, Catholics probably mostly, but whether you're not Catholic, don't believe wherever you're at. Um, Joseph's giving testimony uh, to the, the manifestation, the, the evidence of a God with us who is all powerful and wants us to be instruments of his kingdom. He wants us to call upon his name. It's not a function of our holiness or how great we are. I love the story that, it Was a, if you will, a roommate that prayed over her friend. And that was the occasion. It wasn't a superstar televangelist guy on TV or who's written many books or whatever. By the way, folks, I can't give strong enough testimony that that's been happening powerfully uh, in regular, consistent ways. If you go to oneheartonecity.us, the emergence of a whole movement that pre existed the George Floyd thing across races, across denominations, going into Swan Creek. We're going to be breaking out in other places. And it's just really. Humble and simple, but but I will say intentional in simply wanting to be God's presence to others, to pray with and for them. And the stories there are quite amazing. And along with this, consider this: as we look at the call that we pray every time we pray the Our Father, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done." Would Jesus have asked us to pray this without providing the means? To accomplish it. We pray it all the time, but are we availing ourselves to being instruments of its answer? I believe we all know in our heart of hearts, the answer is yes. I believe we all feel a degree of languishing because maybe we don't see that bar set, maybe by our pastors or priests or others, but I'll tell you, it's in our heart of hearts to want to live fully what we're professing all the time. So I encourage you to check this out. Certainly One Heart, One City. If you want your kids to be formed, Damascus is the place to go. By the way, CYSC.com. We're with uh, Greg and Steph night real live with joseph schleter i had a little bit of a funny here because it's it's in the schleter culture just to you know have some fun with our kids and as joseph was speaking about inheritance i thought of a great name for his blog in inheritance uh, oh, if you guys oh. don't know i have long luscious locks. yeah there we go <laughs> to <laughs> literize fun. it so joseph with the time that we have you've mentioned and we've talked about this amazing thing called prayer So share with our listeners, uh, because it is so key to many who are listening to kids who come to Damascus, to awaken them to the nature of prayer, number Mm -hmm. one. And number two, like, what does it look like for you? So what is prayer? How have you come to discover its power? But what does it look like for you? Describe your prayer life. Yeah. Um, Prayer is
2: relationship with God. I think we Mm -hmm. we talk about prayer. I mean, it's probably the most talked about things in our church, but I wonder how many of us actually every single day set aside time for it. That how many of us actually believe and prioritize prayer above other things? Or mm-hmm. is it the last thing that gets fit in? Like when, when we don't, when we, when we miss prayer, is it like, Oh, sorry too bad I missed that. Or do we actually set aside time later in the day for it? Like, mm. or is it just something that if we miss then we miss and kind of move on? Like Jesus needs to be worth everything. Cause he is worth everything. And prayer is just one of the ways that we prioritize that. Um, For me, prayer looks like getting up early and spending time with the Lord. And um, whether that be through listening to a worship song and giving Him praise in that way or journaling or every day usually reading the Bible um, and reflecting on it. Lexio Divina is an amazing way to really dive into scriptures and get a lot out of it. So you read it, you reflect on it, you respond and talk to the Lord about it, and then you just rest in Him. Um, Are The kind of four R's that we teach the kids, read, reflect, respond, rest. Um, and yeah, one of the, one of the biggest ways that I've found too, though, is, um, this, this is actually what we've adopted even in a a model for worship, um, is, and we learned this from Upper Room, um, which is a worship ministry in uh, Dallas, um, uh, Thanksgiving worship intercession. Hmm. Um, so Thanksgiving, right. It says in Psalm 100 to enter into his gates with Mm. Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So what happens is when you're, um, prayer is is relationship with God. So you're there, and, and a really cool way, a thing happens when you start to thank Him. Then you begin to see Him for who He is. Mm. So when you start to thank God, then you're putting aside all the other things and trivialities and things in your mind. And you're focusing on God, and you're giving Him thanks, and you're starting to you're just starting to praise Him for who He is. And that allows Him to become bigger, so you can see Him more clearly. And as He becomes bigger, um, what happens is, is there'll be a particular aspect of Him that just gets magnified or highlighted. The Holy, the Holy Spirit will just come in and he'll magnify something about him, whether that's um, his beauty or his goodness or his faithfulness or his presence or um, his love or whatever it is, it'll just be something highlighted. And then worship is just declaring who he is. It's just declaring that. And when you know who he is, then he'll He'll begin to show you his heart. And that's where you'll like enter in a time of intercession. Mm-hmm. So that's like a really cool like thing that that's like lot. changed. That's That's actually how how, um, I will lead worship. I'll start off with Thanksgiving every time mm-hmm. and just no matter what, bring him an offering because it's not, it's not about us. Worship's not about us. We're not worshiping sex leader. We're not worshiping the music. That's why I, I think it's so funny when people are like, oh, well, you know, I didn't like this song Right? I didn't like that. We're like, well, it wasn't actually about you. You know, <laughs> like we're not worshiping you. We're worshiping Jesus and we have the opportunity to worship him. So the moment you start saying that, then you're making it about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, this is our heart giving offering. If you hate the song, that's praise God, because it's an even better offering that you can bring him, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, And even in prayer, like you're, you're starting out not by asking, 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 but you're offering him because he's God and you're not. And, and then you, it, as you begin to do that, it's amazing how much clearer he becomes in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, when you begin to thank him, because you're right, you enter into his courts and his gates and you're coming close to him. And then when you get near him, you just begin to worship, you just begin to declare who he is. And it's amazing because God is just so reciprocal, right? When you tell him who he is, he loves to tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. And there's just this beautiful thing. And that's what prayer is. You know, it's just talking with him. It's being with him. It's, you know, you receiving from him and giving back to him and having conversation. It's going back and forth. And mm-hmm. you're, it's just this beautiful thing that happens. And and then and then oftentimes he'll lead you. He'll show you a secret of his heart. He'll show you what, what his heart burns for, what his heart, what saddens his heart, what's there. And like, and, and that's just an invitation then to like, to be there with him and to intercede for that. Mm -hmm. Whether that's oftentimes for me during the summer, that's for campers. Like I'll just get, he'll he'll show me his heart for my prayer lab or for um, the group that we have. Or during the full-time year, it can be anything from our missionaries to things happening in the world with racism or with riots or whatever, with, you know, anything. Like God will just show me his heart and it will just be an invitation Mm -hmm. to intercede. And then it doesn't feel like I'm just throwing random prayers out there for God, but like I'm like entering into his heart in this intercession Mm -hmm. that's happening.
1: So beautiful, Joseph. (laughs) <laughs> almost as beautiful as your hair. No, <laughs> I, I mean, it. For I thing. know. So, um, no, sincerely just the words that the Lord just gave to you to describe that. And, mm. and I can testify that he really means it. And, you know, we see him in the morning and cur- curled up you No, know, but just in his time with the Lord, whether or not anybody sees him, it's real deal. And I know when you first started, um, with your singing and your worshiping, even just leading music at mass, you know, different people would come up and compliment you to us or whatever. And God certainly gave you a gift, but m- my response was always, he has a heart for the Lord. Like that's what hmm. makes him so good. In my opinion is he's praying what he's saying, you know, like he, that, that you can tell that there, there's a big difference between people who just sing religious songs and people, who are praying and praising the Lord. And so, um, so I wanted to say that, but then also I think many listeners might hear what you just said and as beautiful and sincere and true as it is think to themselves, okay, I'm X number of years old, older, 50, Mm -hmm. 40, something, 60. I've never had that experience or how do I, uh, Or they want it right away. So I guess I'm just saying, speak to that to the listener who's like, that's so wonderful and beautiful, and I would get discouraged very easily.
2: Right. I I mean, I've heard it said that um, you really start to die when your memories become bigger than your dreams. Um, That Mm. when the things you've
0: done Mm. are bigger than what you actually feel like is in store for you. Pause a moment. That's just good. You begin to die when your memories are bigger than your dreams. Right. But I just had to state it again. Go.
2: So no matter how old you, I mean, do you realize how many people in the old Testament were like way old when right. they actually like were <laughs> first even called to do things like right. there's no, there's no well, age limit for when the Lord can use you um, or when the Lord wants to be intimate with you. You're still a child to him. No matter what age you are, you could be 80 years old and haven't smiled since you were 20 and mm-hmm. you're still a child to him and he loves you and wants to be in relationship with you and still has better things in your future than you had in your past. Um, and like, you can believe that And this experience of prayer or of intimacy with the Lord or of living on fire for him. Like that is not something that's just for like, that's, that's not something you, you can miss out on. That's something that, like you have the opportunity to step into every day. And some days mm-hmm. it's going to be a choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and some days it's going to be really easy. It doesn't, but it doesn't diminish our choice. Again, when we said, Jesus, you have my life. That means he has all of it mm-hmm. for every moment. And he's there and he wants you to experience him. But he's a God mm-hmm. who, he said, taste and see, right? He said, taste and see. Taste is, is, is an actual like um, experience of something, seeing it's perception, right? That you're, it, he's a physical God. Mm-hmm. Like he wants you to feel his presence. Mm-hmm. He wants you to know he's there, not just to be like, have an abstract concept of him, right? Like I can, uh, there's, it's really cool. I mean, there's so many studies about children who don't, I actually don't know so many studies. I know of studies <laughs> to be more accurate. I know of studies that like talk about like the, the detriment of kids who are never held by their parents. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, who aren't actually like, so there's physical touch is such a, a real thing. Like actually feeling someone hold you. God the Father is the same way. Mm. That He actually, prayer isn't just supposed to be an abstract concept in our head of, oh yeah, I pray today and like I know God, but I've never actually experienced His presence. Like, no. Like, when the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples, they felt it. There was something that happened. There's a tangible reality. And no matter how old you are, the Lord still wants to, you to feel His presence. He wants you to know Him. It's not about the feeling, but it's it's a part of who He is that He wants you to experience Him and know
0: His presence. A perfect conclusion, which we know will have you back. Hopefully, Joseph, again, as you continue your journey, there's so much we want to talk about, but I'm really grateful for you taking the time And just sharing with us a little bit of this journey. So Greg and Stephanie Schleter, Ignite Radio Live are with Joseph Schleter, Damascus Worship. Again, everywhere you can hear good music, Spotify, Google Play, which I think is defunct, YouTube, uh, many different places that you can hear music. Look up Damascus Worship or Seth Schleter, and I think it's just apropos that we conclude this program on that uh, important, I don't know, invitation to know the heart of the Father at any time with this awesome song, No Distance.
3: Hope is the song that you're playing inside of our hearts You spoke and space was erased You are close like the sky to the stars Known, I am known and I'm loved by a God who would bleed out for me Oh, I'm home in the arms of the one who has come set me free There is no distance existing in your eyes You come in close like the sky to the sunrise Crashing through darkness to bring me to your light Amen Whenever I hide you, will always go seeking Ready or not, here you come in to meet me You fight for my heart and you give me the victory Amen Bring me to your light, will Whenever I hide, you will always go seeking Ready or not, here you come in to meet me You fight for my heart and you give me the victory, Emmanuel Cause you are closer than breath in my lungs Ah! Uh-huh. Existing in your eyes You come in close, close like the, the sky to the sunrise. sunrise Crashing through darkness to bring me to your light Emmanuel. Emmanuel Whenever I hide you, will always go seeking Ready or not, here you come in to meet me You fight for my heart and you give me the victory Emmanuel You sing in your arms, you come in close like the sky to the sunrise, crashing through darkness to bring me to your life, Amen. You. Whenever I hide you will always go seeking, ready or not. Here you come in to meet me, you fight for my heart.